this week's episode, the X-Men will finally be allowed to flourish through House of X. Lex Luthor spends a whole issue flexing on himself, and Rick and Morty is back to being their super meta selves. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome, everyone. Hello. This is Cover B. Yes. Are you familiar with our show? <laughs> James. Yes. I can't. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. It's so frustrating because your James is so good. This is a complaint I've had from the beginning is that Jesse's voice is just standard chick voice. Yeah. But James's voice is so bizarrely foppishly flamboyant mm-hmm. yeah. that like it's iconic so you can't properly do the team rocket intro with like uh, two people because james is obviously gonna be more entertaining <laughs> it's true jesse is just like jesse jesse and then it's like james, james. and i'm like I, how do i compete with that i can't surrender now or prepare to fight screw yeah. you pokemon that's that's rude that's racist not only not only did they give James the better voice, they gave her like they gave him the better boobs too. Technically. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it's just it's just cheating. Yeah, it's just cheating. It's so, cheap. I, I wanted to talk about it's only like marginally comic book related. Okay. Um, but I saw it in the news today and I wanted to talk about it because it made me smile. Did you see uh Joe Manganello uh like throw down on that wrestler dude that was making fun of D D? <laughs> that's amazing so this wrestler dude i guess he like posts on instagram or twitter or something i think it was twitter and uh to like rile fans up and be that like bad guy wrestler and stuff it is part of the and he um so he posted this like post-workout thing of him being this bulky wrestler yeah and was like i don't play dungeons and dragons like that's all it was okay good for um, you dude yeah, yeah he you know called his like all the people that like came in and were like you're just doing this to mess with us man he called them like trash and stuff and was just being aggro and then um so joe manganello got on um who i guess is comic book related because he cameoed as deathstroke yeah that's true <laughs> and might maybe come that back counts. as deathstroke i don't know that would be um good. and uh yeah he's so the the wrestler uh maxwell jacob friedman when people were like you're just playing a character man you're just like trying to call us out he was like uh this isn't an angle your whole community and the game you love is trash deal with it and wow, so that is super aggro yeah, yeah for no no freaking reason somebody didn't like stranger um, things so joe manganello who we know is friggin ripped uh got on and replied to the like i don't play D thing with like a picture of like some fitness magazine that he was on the cover of being oh. all being all ripped and Extra shirtless swole. and swole and he was just like i do <laughs> i just like that that's such a good like clap back of like you know because so he does he does play D D. like he that's amazing. has come out i think he's played on some of the internet shows and stuff i want to know like um, who his home group is yeah like because like he's he's been a big proponent of D and D's talked D and D with Stephen Colbert a bunch I think. And Do you think his wife plays? That would be great. I would pay I'm so a much money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would pay so much yeah. money. 
that's magic me sound. <laughs> it is unacceptable how good at that voice it's, you are. It's not a good voice, though. It is not a good voice. But it's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> that's, that's what counts. Oh, man. So anyway, man. let's talk some comics. I'm going to kick right, us cool. off uh, with the one that I usually kick off with. House of X continues chugging along. Uh, what House even of X just happened? Yeah, so House of X 5, it was good. Okay, no, no. Okay, <laughs> no, it okay, is it much was more than that. It was insane. Now, there, I can't really talk about this without kind of spoiling some stuff so it's gonna get a little spoilery um so you know maybe we can throw up a time code of when we're done with house of x we'll try to remember to do that so you can skip ahead but because this was a big issue this was one of the ones that was red so we know the last issue that was red was when we found out moira mctaggart's whole shtick right she can resurrect she's been through nearly a dozen lives at this point and is going to Charles to be like, this is how we make this work. Um, and essentially just demolishing the timeline by doing that. So this is the second one that is red. Um, there's only three that are red. And the third one is the very last issue. I think it's Powers of X6. Might be House of X6. I don't remember which one's last. But whatever the last issue of this series is, it's the other one that's red. Presumably because it's going to set up every other series because there's tons of series. But we already have some of those series kind of set up in this one. Yeah. Because what this one does is essentially take what has been a common plague of the X-Men and flip it. So, like, throughout, if you've kept up with X-Men history, it's kind of become meme at this point with comic fans where, you know the x-men are always dying off they're always getting resurrected like cyclops died came back wolverine died came back phoenix died banshee died came back phoenix died came back you know all these characters dead 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 and then they just come on back uh through various like MacGuffin reasons um that's the whole point of x-men now yep (laughs) they took who I have made fun of this character in multiple episodes. They took fucking gold balls. Yep. And made him part of a five mutant cadre that essentially have powers of resurrection. Yep. And it's bananas. Yep. It's gold balls, Proteus, uh, some chick who can do time stuff whose name I don't remember, uh, Elixir, and Hope. And essentially, gold balls, they found out his weird gold balls are actually, like... Eggs. Like, non-viable eggs. Yep. Which, ew. Yeah, gross. Like, so in all these, like, comics where he's tossing those at bad guys, he's just hucking eggs at people. That's hilarious. Like, his unfertilized baby... Baby containers are just flying out at people. It's so weird. And, um... It's so So they find out those are eggs, so they essentially, like... He makes these eggs. Proteus makes them viable. Elixir makes them, like, essentially, they inject the DNA from whatever X-Men they're trying to resurrect into it because of the whole, like, sinister cataloging everyone's DNA. And then Elixir makes it livable, like, makes the DNA in there a living thing. And then the Time Mutant, whose name, again, I forget because I'm just not super familiar with her, um basically 
matures it to their like prime point and then they just wait for it to hatch and that's what that first scene in house of x1 was when we saw the x-men coming out and charles of the pods and charles was like to me to my x-men so we've tied it all the way back around to that first scene and that's amazing it's insane and so the whole point <laughs> going forward of presumably x-men number one and x-force is going to be resurrecting all the mutants killed off in the genocide that's what's insane to me like it's not even so much that there's like resurrection happening but the fact that they have stored consciousness and dna of every millions mutant millions 16 mutants. million yeah. mutants that existed before all of the mass genocides so they're essentially they're going to i guess they're going to go to the depowered mutants and be like hey do you want to be resurrected because charles xavier can just like take your consciousness and put it into a new body it's like that know? one video game yeah it's like soma yeah yeah so like it would be like someone coming to you and be like, hey, we can resurrect your mutant form, but you currently are going to die. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, or maybe they'll just have doubles. I don't no, know. they said in they the... They said they're worried about doubles, but maybe they like go to the non-power... I don't know what their plan is with the non-powered yeah. mutants. But I they did say out, in the but... book that they didn't want to... That they were refusing to create a duplicate unless a known death had occurred. Yeah, but they're also wanting to do these... So are they just going to like, okay, cool, we'll shoot you now, and then... Probably. That's crazy. Anyway. It is, but... Um, has been think, damn near I just crazy. think that's so cool because like the resurrections have always been kind of this joke thing in x-men and now it's the, the point. point you know and then you're gonna have x-force so what it sounds like is that x-force the new x-force title that's coming up their whole shtick x-force is usually the like black ops of the x-men essentially they're mm -hmm. the ones that like don't mind getting their hands dirty right but now they're kind of like a ranger group where they're like we haven't heard from this mutant in a long time go find them and yeah. they're going to, like, go out and confirm if this person's dead or not so that they can resurrect, resurrect them. them. Which is insane. Yeah, that's it's nuts. bananas. And I can only imagine for, like, the people that have lost, like, other heroes that have lost people, like, what that's going to do for them. You know what I mean? Like, Jeez. I mean, Captain Marvel's still dead. He's been dead this entire time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Marvel is deadzo. So, like... Anyone who's really into Marvel might be like, that kind of sucks. Or like, yeah. you know, uh, who died recently and came back? Lots mm. of people. Lots of X-Men. Um, I'm trying to think. Who's come back? I know Tony was in a coma. He wasn't actually dead. Black Widow faked her death. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, you know. Falcon was almost Well, I mean, dead? yeah, and... You know, like, Peter Parker sacrificed his marriage to Mary Jane to get Aunt May back. Imagine if they could have just, like, injected Aunt May's DNA into gold balls. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> the, just the fact that Jonathan Hickman sat down and was like, you know who's going to be an important player? Gold, gold balls. balls. How? I think, How do you get from no, point A to point B? On I that think one? it was so intentional. I feel like he looked around and was like, I want to do something that just sort of pisses off everybody. And you know what's hilarious? Taking away one of the things you can make the most fun of. <laughs> yeah, fair. 
Like, everybody makes fun of Gold Balls. He's a joke. He was always a joke. And you know Hickman was like, this is gonna suck. (laughs) But I I personally, it's bonkers, but I am really excited for the direction that the X-Men is going um, with this whole kind of, like, resurrection focus. Like, let's literally rebirth our entire society. Um, I think it's really dope. I think it's really cool. And... You know, they've gotten their stuff together. This might be the perfect timeline that Moira wanted because they've stopped the Mother Mold from being started, which was, you know, what started the Nimrod shit. Yep. So, like, that's done. Yep. Apocalypse, Sebastian Shaw, Sinister, Mystique, they're all, like, on board for this. You know, there's this whole sequence of all these villains coming, and Apocalypse is like, yo, like, this is what I've always dreamed of. We like, will behave. You guys are <laughs> you guys are doing it right. And then um No, I just I, I think it's really cool and especially because I was reading the Uncanny Run leading up to this and I was kinda miffed because House and Powers of X don't really like didn't do a lot to there was a lot that happened in the Uncanny Run. Like Havoc Havoc was dead, Banshee was dead again, um who else was dead? Uh well, they won't be for much longer. Uh, Rain was dead. A few other people. I can't remember. My, my brain is failing me today. But it was really epic and, like, cataclysmic. And it just never really got referenced, never really got talked about. And uh, now we know why. But this, yeah, that's the thing. Is this is kind of a beautiful unity piece because it's, like, that run of X-Men, which was because we knew we were going into House and Powers of X was essentially the end of an era of X-Men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this was like the next seminal moment in X-Men history. So this is the start of the new era of X-Men. Right. So like that run with all those people dying at the end, like Age of X-Men happening and, you know, all these people getting wiped out and stuff like that. Like that was the end of the era and then we come into this one that's all about like growth so it was like that arc was all about like the x-men getting dwindled in numbers and they were desperate and they were crazy and like cyclops injured himself so he couldn't shoot his beams without risking blowing his head up guy cyclops and stuff like that (laughs) well it was back to being good guy cyclops unfortunately but um, but i mean we did have that in that era it was the whole in that era we had the death of x we had inhumans versus x-men yeah you know we had there's a lot avengers versus x-men you know so it was the era of the downfall of the x-men all the way to the end with that uncanny run where cyclops is finally back he, every other x-men has gone because of age of x-men and he's trying to like gather up the scraps and people are dying just out and out dying because of it and you know like emma frost had a bomb implanted in her brain by the government and like he heard it got shot by hope who was like super radical and so if he used his eye beams his head would explode and like all this crazy shit lord it was just this like beaten broken x-men and that's where we end on them just like having a little bit of hope right at the end and then now here's where we are and that's that's awesome. That's really that's cool. Really epic. I, I am really digging that that's so it's about growth now. So it's, it's all a true on the way rebirth up. of them. Yeah, yeah. He did he did a great job of taking something, like I said, that was like kind of a memed out joke about the X Men and just turning it on its head and being like, No, that's what it's about. It's about revival, resurrection. That's crazy. You know? 
but in a logical comprehensible yeah, way. Yeah, in a way that, yeah, it's comic books, it's fudge science, it's weird. But, but it, it's not, it works. It's not like, unreasonable to think that, you know, you have mutants have tons of variable powers if, like, a group of however many figured out that their powers can combine to make certain things. You never see that, really, with superheroes, where mm-hmm. superheroes are like, hey, I can do this, you can do this, how can we build on top of that? Yeah. Who can we add into the mix to build on top of that, you know? And I mean, In it's fact, true. in a way, that's kind of the whole premise of Old Man Logan because that's what the villains did. They were like, this person works really well with this person. They're going to team up and take out this group. You know what I mean? Well, and that was almost the whole point of this book or this, this issue was that they were like, humans got to a certain point of evolution and then just sort of stopped. Whereas mutants always constantly had to be fighting for their lives so they mm-hmm. never got the chance to see where they could truly evolve to and that's what this is this yeah. is their evolution it was cool i i am really like if you've missed out on house and powers of x i'm sorry there's gonna be a collected volume you need to get it the second it's it comes so out good because it is so good it is just very good so we had some other marvel stuff yeah another big marvel release is the ever anticipated and very much advertised jj abrams spider-man spider-man so mixed feelings i do not like it really (laughs) yeah i i gotta say i um i i don't like talking about things on the podcast that i don't like because the the this this for me this forum for me is supposed to be about suggesting things but i have to when it's something that's kind of high profile i have to talk about it um and honestly i'm not a huge fan it try to it it, and it, it for me it's probably because it's in comparison to the house of x powers of x stuff right because like house of x you're just thrown in it's no explanation it's all these new characters, new people, right. powers of X same way, and all these new scenarios, and you're just supposed to kind of gather Figure it, as, it you out as you go. Yeah. But the scenarios, the people, the situations, they were all very compelling. Yeah. Um, the scenario situations in this, you know, we've got apparently Mary Jane and Spider Man had a son in this, and we know nothing about him. We're not. He's given zero time. To have any sort of character development aside from an angsty teen. And Peter is a terrible father, but we're not really sure why he's a terrible father or like what factor that plays. And then it looks like the whole thing's gonna culminate in just another like troubled 15 year old becoming Spider Man. So let me clarify. Uh,. For those of you who can't tell, it's a YA book. Part of the reason why Chris doesn't like it is because it's a YA book. It is, it, it has the absolute makings. My daddy doesn't understand me. There's no mom in the picture. I have I powers and I don't understand. Yeah. It is, it's super eight. It's the same damn thing. Like, this is the Abrams formula. Like, 100%. He, he can smell... Like him and apparently his son as well, they they know exactly the formula that builds, and I hope that it goes in Abrams' direction where it gets all weird and and interesting 
and odd and dynamic, but it also very well could not and just be a standard YA daddy redemption story. Yeah, I just, I did not... I don't know. It just felt super cliched. It is. Um, absolutely. Oh, it absolutely. It literally, like, I mean, the whole thing seems to be predicated on your typical, like, woman in a refrigerator thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, Mary Jane died, and that's what make, gives us a story, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's, Peter takes the blame of MJ dying because he was trying to save everyone else instead of his own family. And now he trying to protect his family because he thinks he's not worthy is now doing yeah. the same damn thing. It's, it's, it is the tropiest it's, of yeah. parent tropes I, and, and it's pure YA you know, fiction. They were, they were building a lot of the interest in the beginning off of like this, who is cadaverous, like the new bad guy. And just what we've seen of him in this, I mean, I definitely would like to know kind of where he came from, what happened, why he was able to do what he did and just really wreck. And then why, like, he basically wrecked Spider-Man, killed Spider-Man's woman, and then is still kind of just kicking around, but is, like, in the fringes doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, Spider-Man didn't destroy him or defeat him. He's not in jail, but he's just kind of, like, kicking it. And he's apparently just some, like, old dude. I have a prediction. I don't know. Well. I have a prediction. You know who it smells like? Hmm. This cadaverous fan, friend? Hmm. Smells like Doc Ock to me. I, it's 100% um, Octavius. I don't think it's Octavius. I, I do. Actually, I actually think it might be um, oh, uh, Jackal, maybe. Oh. With all the cloning and shit. Because oh. he's got somebody in a tube. You know what I mean? Well, the reason I say Ock 2 is because... This is significantly similar to the way Doc Ock was in the recent Chip Starsky Spider-Man life story run. Like, it's it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Like, this is exactly what Chip turned Ock into. Like, yeah, but I, I don't you know. know. Two different creators doing different things. Oh, yeah, absolutely, so. but... It makes sense to have a character that has so much history and depth yeah. with him now, you know, having been in his brain. I mean, it's very it's very possible that it could be, you know, I'm just trying to connect, like, Cadaverous to other names. So it could be, like, Vulture. It could be oh, Carrion. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, the, those kind of characters. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's going to have some big reveal where it was, like, somebody we knew all along. Or if it's going to be, like, it's a Peter Parker clone or something crazy. Um. But I'm less compelled seeing kind of what he was. Like, in the lead-up, it looked like some sort of weird zombie robot. But I guess it's just like a dude. In like a, a suit? In a suit who's got some sort of problems going on. So, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it. Um, it might be worth picking up because it is J.J. Abrams. It is going to – it's just a mini. It's not like an ongoing. Um, so it's going to have some cred in the overall, like, history of Marvel because of J.J. Abrams writing it. Yeah. Um, because he's got, you know, name power. Uh, I'll probably keep reading it just in case so you guys may not have to. Yeah. So yeah, there's I'll that. Probably, I'll probably pass, so. <laughs> All right. And then let's see. One more Marvel book. Um, this one is weird. So, the number one of Agents of Wakanda came out. Nice. 
cool. And it was not what I expected. Okay. It's like a weird modern howling commandos. Oh, sweet. So we're Bad. talking like JJ's son, the space werewolf, and some giant sumo guy, and <laughs> just gorilla man, gorilla guy, and a it. and wasp. Man. Like wasp is just chilling out, not unstoppable. Like like, like Janet. Janet wasp. Yeah. yeah, and it's so odd, and I don't know where it's going <laughs> well and like isn't Roz? yes but she's not in this book at all oh okay she was off so apparently it's like a throwaway mention but apparently some like rock trolls stayed on earth instead of going home after uh. war realms and so she's like investigating if they're like behaving themselves or need to get sent back home fair okay so that's a super random but like it's just it's very strange team and even okoye who's like head of the new team Mm -hmm. keeps being like uh boss yeah this is a weird group yeah i mean that's how it was i don't know uh, if i like it (laughs) when he set up because i've been reading the avengers run Right. And when he sets up the agent of Wakanda, like the agents of Wakanda. And I super loved it because I like weird teams. Um, this is a weird team. And the book where he's like collecting everybody is one of my favorites of that run. Because it's like, because it's exactly, it's like Okoye and Ra is like going to the Savage Land to pick up shirtless Kazar. Yeah. And like, yeah. Kazar's jumping out of planes with no parachute. And they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's and, weird. <laughs> um, you know, they collect brew and they collect, uh, who else do they get? They don't get the sumo guy. They collect gorilla man and stuff. It's and so, so weird. It's yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's it. odd. <laughs> and like, we haven't seen a whole lot. The most we've really seen in this first issue is some tension between wasp and, space werewolf who i get it i appreciate his like character development i know he was like an astronaut and like that's great he's a space werewolf he is a werewolf that contracted lycanthropy in space on the moon (laughs) he is a space werewolf space and i okay i read a lot of comics i buy into a lot of stuff I am, yeah. I, I get there, and, like, there's been some interesting stuff with Marvel, like, this whole Krakoa thing, they're mm. bringing people back to life in mm-hmm. golden eggs. Cool. But I am legitimately having a really hard time swallowing space werewolf. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about this one particular thing. Like, I'm even cool with the gorilla guy, because that's just a grod ripoff. Like, fine, he I'm there. Grod Whatever. He's a, an immortal gorilla man. Uh, I can't and even with that. But if like, if you defeat the gorilla man, then you become the gorilla man. So like, if you kill him, then you become gorilla man. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Oh my god. Deal with your shit, man. Marvel. We. I, oh, okay. But, like, space werewolf. Would it help if I told you that I'm pretty sure John Jameson is in charge of a mental, like, facility in an insane asylum? 
In okay. what way? You mean like he runs it? I'm like, pretty sure he's one of the big... I don't know to what capacity. I only know this because I've been reading Absolute Carnage, but he, uh, to some capacity, is like head honcho at Ravencroft. Seriously? Yeah. Space werewolf. Maybe head of security? Maybe? Probably? That sounds like something you'd be. But yeah. That is some Archimede bullshit to put the space <laughs> werewolf in charge of the insane ass- I he's can't. Also, he's also like one of Carnage's lieutenants right now. Space. A space werewolf? A space werewolf beot. Does he have symbiote? Yeah, he's got Carnage beot symbiote. Oh my god. Alright. I'm too far gone. <laughs> Ages of Wakanda was pretty cool. There's a space werewolf. If you if if you if you are able to suspend your disbelief a lot more so than I am, that's he, cool. Let's say he kills Gorilla Man. Would he be a gorilla that could turn into a wolf, or would he because be a, of space lycanthropy? Or would he be a man who can turn into a gorilla? He'd be a gorilla who can turn into a woofy gorilla. But like, what if his wolf form kills Gorilla Man? Would his wolf form turn into the gorilla? And would it be like part gorilla, part wolf? Would he turn be a were gorilla wolf? Or would he just be like a were gorilla? <laughs> I'm, I'm very Werewolf Rilla? I'm I'm my brain is hurting. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I miss the times of just like the howling commandos when the weirdo mutants made sense. Like yeah, fair. Space werewolf. Yes. I don't know why I haven't been triggered. I don't know. It that I'm triggered. I'm straight <laughs> triggered by the space werewolf. I think it's just too much. At some point you reach a point you're, and you just you can't get past you're it. You're talking and about I am, a world where there's a dude in like a jumpsuit who can channel like the essence of his like yoga into his fist and punch real hard with it. But why would there be a virus of space werewolfness on the moon? How'd it get there? I don't know, Margo. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I can't. Uh, so there were books from DC this week. There were books from DC this week. The end. <laughs> <laughs> My phone closed. <laughs> Um, so the first one I want to talk about, because I don't have much to say about it, but Inferior 5, number one, came out. Um, the Inferior 5 is an older team from DC that was kind of a joke team, um, a la, like, you know, you have your Sinister Sixes and stuff like that, the Fantastic Fours. The Inferior 5 was, like, a bunch of, like, joke characters. Okay. Um, this one is not that. Um, oh. It's written by Jeff Lemire and Keith Giffen, who Keith oh. Giffen is the guy who wrote 1988's Invasion event. Um, and this is a sequel to that, essentially. It's okay. a follow-up to Invasion. I believe it takes place in a timeline where Invasion happened differently and the Dominators actually succeeded. Oh. instead of Because it makes mention of, like, the metas are dead and, you know, Superman's been defeated and we were at the Battle of Metropolis and stuff like that. Um, it's a strange book. It's got a lot of Lemire to it. Okay. Um, if you've read a lot of Jeff Lemire stuff, he loves, like, small town, like, weirdness. Gideon Falls, that's pretty much all it's about. Um, Royal City was all about that. Like, he loves, like, 
small town kind of settings and that's what this is it takes place in this like dead town essentially in arizona um and these people are moving there running away from like tragic events and there's some kid with a bag on his head murdering people and saying some weird rhyme and the dominators are still involved and they're working with the kid who murders people in presumably supernatural ways i don't know it's weird um but a lot going on (laughs) it could be a cool read if you like jeff lemire's other stuff if you liked the invasion story arc it's worth picking up it's got some neat art um it's gonna bring back the peacemaker who's kind of an underused character from the 80s uh so jump on if you want to so might be good nice i also have a book that i don't have a ton to talk about cool just because it's odd to experience a book where the war is over so superman 15 Mm -hmm. uh there's peace now the universe is at peace everybody's at peace cool it's unity day yeah everybody's happy nice uh superman's dad has basically been banished to death back in his own time stream cool i didn't realize he was a thing (laughs) oh yeah he's he's been messing shit up real hard (laughs) over the place being a real pain in the ass damn and everybody's like they sent it was actually kind of sad because they sent adam to go and like hey soups and he's like hey you're my friend and adam's like i know buddy that's why they came and had me tell you that we're basically putting your dad to death and he's like i could have talked to him and he's like no you couldn't have and it doesn't matter because we already did it sorry (laughs) (laughs) superman's like well at least i'll get to say my goodbyes and he's like yeah uh, exactly well you see you're like Two hours too late. Yeah, so. basically. Because basically they dropped him back at the point of the end of Krypton. I wish you just stopped and they dropped him. Like they, they figured out that the Kryptonian's only weakness is to be dropped. <laughs> kick him off a, a stool. small distance. Yeah, you kick him off a stool and he's, he's dead. Like, no. yeah. yeah. That'd be hilarious. Like an all-powerful character where it's like... His weakness is that if he's just toppled a little. <laughs> so he That's... can be like punched through buildings, but if he's just toppled a teeny bit, it's like a Achilles heel. Kind yeah, of you know that's I mean? that's funny. Like, I like slips that. on a beer bottle and is just dead instantly. But it's it's cool. I mean, you know, there's peace now. I don't know. I don't know where they're going. Like, mm. it's kind of gross at the moment. Like, not to be this guy, yeah. but... It's starting to feel like this entire 15-issue run, the whole purpose was so that they could write the new League. It 100% was. And that um, kind of really pisses me off. Because realistically, they didn't want Superman doing too much else in his comics. Because they wanted him to be really involved in, like, Year of the Villain stuff. Because he's got Batman and Superman going on. He's got justice league which is like kind of the central tale of you're the villain and then i know he's doing you're the villain stuff in action comics but like they probably just wanted his superman book to be a little bit on the fringes you know what i mean well yeah and it's funny because the superman book hasn't even been about him like i mean it has it's been in his like his narration Mm -hmm. it's his plot but like 
anything impactful that's happened has happened to his kid. Yeah. His kid grew, like, ten years. And his kid, like, is now gonna go hang out with the Lee. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just weird. Like, everything's surrounding the kid, and Superman's just sort of chilling out, like, living his life. Like, wow, being a dad kind of sucks when you have no control over it. Yep. And you're like, okay, cool. That was fun, I guess. <laughs> Good. Thank, thank you so for So I have that. no idea where we're going next. Yeah. But, so that mm-hmm. was the thing. I don't know if you've been reading Superman, but it, I don't know that it meant anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's best to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump on later. I'll let you know if an issue comes up, and I'm like, oh, things happen now. Cool. Uh, flash forward. Number one came out. It's the follow-up title to uh, Heroes in Crisis. Okay. So we open on a damaged, imprisoned Wally West, who's been in prison for the murders that he committed. Poor Wally. Um, and then we find out he's at the apex of some like multiversal catastrophe, which, again, is utilizing the dark multiverse concept that was created in Metal and has been propagated by the Batman Who Laughs stuff. So I love that about DC. I love that they introduce something in an event. They're like, hey, here's this thing. And it just keeps freaking popping up. It's like, it's consistent here now. we go. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the walls around the multiverse got torn down in Justice League. And that's been a happening part of a lot of different books. Like, I think that's one of the main reasons that, like, the dark magic people are able to get in in Justice League Dark. Huh. And, you know, we got the whole dark multiverse introduced in Dark Knight's Metal, and that keeps popping up. And apparently there's, like, a lot of bad stuff. Like, apparently the what's happening is the dark multiverse is bleeding into ours, huh. into the main multiverse. Okay. Um, and it uh, is causing planets and parts of the multiverse that normally because the whole thing with the dark multiverse is that it's doomed so like it's a darker version caused by different like points in time when choices could be made right and essentially the darkest choice gets made so like batman becoming the joker or like you know what if azrael never like they're gonna be doing a bunch of like big story arcs but like the dark multiverse version coming up and i'm really excited for those so they'll have like dark multiverse they're calling it tales from the dark multiverse and so they have like tales from the dark multiverse uh infinite crisis or nightfall or uh the judas contract and stuff like that Hmm. um and it's always going to be essentially that like it goes wrong you know and they've got death of superman which i think the death of superman one is like superman dies and then lois lane goes nuts and starts like murdering aliens and stuff Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's what the Dark Multiverse is about. It's like a point in time when a change could have been made and it wasn't made or it was made in a different, darker way. And, you know, in the main multiverse, the change went one way, like the choice went one way. In the Dark Multiverse, it went the other way. And essentially every multi, like every universe in the Dark Multiverse is doomed. So it eventually decays and just falls apart. Damn. And that was the whole big part about metal is they were trying to take over our multiverse because it wasn't doomed. Explode. <laughs> and so now there's like elements of the dark multiverse bleeding over, causing parts of the main multiverse to be doomed hmm. in such a way. 
Um, it's a cool concept, and somehow Wally West is at the center of this, which I think makes a lot of sense because the whole point of Heroes in Crisis was these heroes dealing with these tough choices that they've made. Yeah. Inherently, those tough choices probably caused a lot of the dark multiverse. Oh, In yeah. fact, him killing a bunch of people was a very dark multiverse thing to happen. Yeah. So that might be why he's at the center. He might have been part of that bleed. Oops. We don't know yet. What we do know is that there's something going on on Earth-23, which is fun, because Earth-23 is the Earth where Barack Obama is Superman. <laughs> okay, I like that one. Yeah, so Earth-23, I believe, was created by Grant Morrison, and it was kind of just a throwaway when it first came in, and it was essentially exactly that. It was, like, Barack Obama as Superman. Huh. And then they eventually like elaborated on it a little bit maybe in multiversity the like multiverse companion catalog essentially um and so his name is calvin ellis and he's president and also black and also superman so i like it yeah but that's involved which is really exciting because it's cool to see like different multiverses get involved that is neat we'll see how that goes but it was good if you liked heroes in crisis if you're one of the people that was really upset with what they did to Wally West, this would be a good way to recover. Um, and it seems like he's going to have some redemption here. So pick it up. Pick it up. Uh, also out of DC, speaking of multiverse stuff, uh, Year of the Villain, Lex Luthor. Uh, this one was, honestly, not much happened. Uh, but it was a cool kind of tour through the multiverse, looking at different Lex Luthers. So it was him, like, popping around to these different Earths and, like, meeting his Lex. Huh. Because he's all Apex Lex now. So I he's gotta can't be, with He's got to be all Alpha. So he's going to all these different universes and being like, I'm Alpha Lex. I'm better than you. Look how small I am. He picks up, like, this little kid Lex from Earth 38. So Earth 38 is an Earth where, like, Batman and Superman came around in 1938. And then kind of aged appropriately. So whereas Earth Prime, or uh, yeah, whereas regular Earth, regular DC Universe, time is off. Earth 38 followed time the same that our Earth does. Which I think our Earth is like 53, maybe? Huh. Anyway. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's right. It's in the 50s. Our Earth is somewhere in the 50s. Um, but this... So basically, they've been going since 1938, so nowadays, like, Superman's old or dead, and Batman's dead, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there's, like, their kids take over and stuff like that. Huh. It's a uh, very, like, Spider-Man life story. Okay, yeah. They, like, age normally. Right. Um, and so, you know, he goes to that Earth and picks up, like, little baby Lex. Not, like, baby, but, like, a little kid, like, in elementary school or something. And kills his dad and then takes him on tour with him to these other Lexes. And we meet, like, a Lex who is essentially Batman. Um, and we meet a Lex who is essentially Doomsday. And we meet a Lex who is just some, like, nice old man. And they kill him. And well, that's rude. And they go to the hippie Earth, which I think is 51, maybe. Um, and we meet the... Oh, they go to... The one the Young Justice went to. Oh. Yeah, where everyone's a piece of shit. Um, it's like Earth 3 and it I think sucks. So. They go there and just kind of hang out and talk. Earth and 3 then, um, sucks. Yeah, because <laughs> President Lex, I think, is already dead on that one. 
And then, um, yeah, and then they go to hippie Earth and kill that guy. And, yeah, that's essentially all it is. But it was cool. It was cool getting a tour of the multiverses. There's, like, a lot of, I didn't of read like... Multiversity, and I really want to. So I'll probably pick up the trade, because I've been learning more and more about the DC multiverse. And it's really cool. And I want to, like, learn about it. But this was a nice little, like, jaunt through the multiverses. Because I looked up all the Earth's Wikipedia pages whenever he went <laughs> to a new nice. one. Figured out what they were. That's just, like, um, a lot of really agro macho testosterone that's all it is yeah it's it's just it's they could have named it uh year of the villain flex luther because that's all he does is just go to these different earths and is like i'm green and i can shape shit what you got you know it's just so aggro like bro calm down he's he's apex flex which i know i said apex lex is a good wrestler name and like earlier episodes yeah apex flex though is a great wrestler name. Yeah, it is. So it genuinely anywho, is. That's pretty. That's the fantastic, type of wrestler that would get say. shot down by Joe Magnillo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's that's a really good name. But, but yeah. anyway, you're the villain, Lex Luthor. Another you're the villain one shot. I think the Riddler one's probably still my favorite. That's uh, legit. But this one was pretty good. So nice. All right. Um, uh, moving away from DC. Yep. Um. My last book is Archie 55, number one. Nice. This is kind of a different feel for the Archie books, which is kind of nice. This one feels a little bit the way um, Archie 44, I think it was, 45. Um, the one where the Archie group was going to war. Um, it was a little dark. It was a little, a little sad. Um, but good. This one has a similar tone, but not as dark. So mm-hmm. this one's essentially about Archie helping to establish rock and roll, and it's kind of going to turn Archie into like an Elvis character, I think. Okay. Yeah, I noticed all the covers were very Elvis. Yeah. Um. What I'm curious to find out about, though, is that they're hinting at, and I hope they follow through, they're hinting that Archie, like, essentially jacks the swag from a prominent African-American artist of the time Mm -hmm. who's, like, popular and kind of like the underground or, like, the, like, the the part town on the other side of the tracks Mm -hmm. that, like, his white yuppie family won't go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he goes with his black friend to this bar and like watches this guy and the implication is that he's like so inspired and awestruck, but it's sort of setting it up with this like weird undertone Yeah. that like he's totally going to jack this dude's swag and yeah, like I mean, steal his song and then get famous because he's a redheaded white dude. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of that in rock and roll. There's it's a lot. absolutely true. Go through the history of rock and roll. You can't deny that there was a period of time where a lot of these dudes were picking up their tricks from like, you know, the African-American scene, the blues scene that was yeah. going on and just reinterpreting it with a white face, yep. you know, and it was, I'm, up. I'm hoping I'm assuming it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to go, he's inspired and writes a new song and gets famous off of this new song, which 
is good and could have a similar point, mm. but I think it would be much more poignant if he just like straight stole the guy's song and like got famous literally with no musical talent, like no no capability of his own. Like he's got talent, like he's a good musician, but like I think it's more poignant if he straight steals the song written from someone else. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that's more poignant, but I'm so not he's sure which put direction. The vanilla in Milly Vanilli. Oh yes, because he's, he's uh, it's not even vanilla at this point. It's strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> Milly the strawberry. But um, so I enjoyed it though. I'm not sure who the narrator is yet. They haven't quite explained it. I'm assuming it's Veronica. I think she's the one who's gonna get him like a record deal or something because you know money mm-hmm. and all that. Um, so that's interesting. The art's a little weird at times. Um, it's not as pretty as some of the Archie books are. Like, hmm. Jughead's an uggo. <laughs> like, I'm they... sure that offends the shit out of you, too. Yeah, well, I love me some Jughead. What up, Holt's Browse? Call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, don't, <laughs> no. don't judge me. Don't judge me. I, I have opinions. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's just, like, it's not, it's not a particularly pretty Archie book, but it's, I'm digging where the plot's going. So, if you haven't, if you haven't read some Archie stuff in a while, and you're not looking for the horror-y stuff that is the Vampironicas and the, the afterlifes and the et cetera, et cetera, this one might be a good choice. Cool. Um, a couple to kind of round things off real quick uh to just real quick mentions not a lot to say uh so you are obsolete came out from um from aftershock uh and it you know i i went into it it obviously is gonna have something to do with phones and stuff right and so i went into it expecting kind of a commentary about um know kids getting sucked up by phones and getting controlled by phones yeah what i got instead was something that felt a little bit like children of the corn maybe village of the damned that kind of thing okay kids are like ruling this town and all the adults live in fear um oh the the phones (laughs) definitely play a factor and there's some sort of like age cap like something going on with like you turn 40 and you're just like dead um, oh my but i haven't figured out why the phones like we don't know why the phones play an important factor um we don't know where these kids came from they're very smart very like educated i'm sure the whole thing is eventually going to be a commentary about like the pluses and minuses of you know having the internet at our hips at all times uh but it was a lot cooler than i expected i gotta say like hmm. i again i really thought it was just gonna be like phones are bad don't use phones, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but it was a little bit more like horror tastic than that, so a little more nuanced. Um, yeah, it was cool. Kind of a slow like start, and that there wasn't a whole lot of like revelatory stuff. Right. Um, but it was kind of that eerie like, like a movie like Children of the Corn or Village of the Dam. That like eerie like first act. Oh where yeah. It starts to like it was like the first half of the first act where you like start to get all these hints that like stuff's not wrong you see, mate, right. you see people losing their veneer and um it's it's like the twilight zone episode i think it's i think it's called it's a good life 
uh, with the kid who has powers and all the adults are like, Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a good life to be around you, Billy. And he turns the one dude into the jack-o'-lantern. Cause he's the, the only one that's like willing he to snaps, you know? And so everyone's like, you need to calm down, Bill. And then he just keeps snapping. There's somebody that has like one of those sorts of moments in this where they like yeah. just snap and everyone's like, you need to calm down and don't let the kids hear you and stuff. So I'm excited to see how that develops. I hope it gets just weirder and weirder. Aftershock yeah, has a lot of weird, like, just weird horror stuff coming out. And they I'm, are not afraid to play, I'm, and I dig it. I'm digging it, because I really liked the first wave of Aftershock stuff, and then it got a little weak in the middle. Like, there were there were bits, like, I really like Dark Arc. Um, uh, Dark Red is really good, too. Um, and, yeah, there, there's been, you know, other, other good things, but it just... Um, Otherwise, it's been a little slow. There's been some that are just slowish, you know, that have yeah. been coming out. But they they have some good ones coming. But you are obsolete. That one is worth picking up. Um, and then finally, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons Chapter Two: Painscape, which <laughs> is a, that's a mouthful. It's a Baldur's Gate reference because I think the second Baldur's Gate is Planescape. I think. Oh, um, okay. Cool. But it's it's good. So the first series of Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons was hilarious i think i talked about it on here it was months ago though um it came out last year it was really really good it's full of like D D and general tabletop rpging kind of in humor nice so even if you're i'm not hugely experienced with D D specifically but i've played a lot of 3.5 i've played a lot of pathfinder and um i still got a lot of the jokes it was really funny uh and it has its own Rick and Morty flavor. And the first chapter was all about, like, Morty wants to play D&D. Rick wants to help him, but he's, like, a D&D purist. Like, he plays Alpha, and that's it. Oh, Like, geez. first edition. And, but he really wants to get into fifth edition. Find out Jerry is really into fifth edition. So then it's this, like, kind of fighting between all the different editions and stuff. And then there's, they go to, like, a universe that's actually D&D. And they have to, like, role play for real. And all these jokes about being murder hobos and stuff like that. Um, all the general things that, you know, are joked about. This one is more of a meta commentary on, um, like, the sudden shocking rise in popularity huh. thanks to things like, you know, uh, Critical Role and Adventure Zone. and Stranger Things. Stranger Things and all these things that are just blowing up D&D into the, into the limelight, into the, like, mainstream. mainstream. Um, and essentially it's, we find out it's caused by some sort of like interdimensional virus and they have to go <laughs> take care of it. Uh, it nice. was really good. I, I like the different angle. It doesn't really reference back to, you know, the other one. Right. Um, so it's, it's own kind of fresh thing. So if you didn't read the other one, you can just dive into this one. That's cool. Um, and it's good. If, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, if you're a D&D &D fan, if you're both, like I said, if you're a Pathfinder fan, you'll still get a lot of the jokes. Or if you just have kind of a surface familiarity. Or you played a lot of Baldur's Gate games, you probably still get a lot of that. Um, so, you know, as long as you're not an AEW wrestler, then you'll probably really dig this book. <laughs> Excellent. Do you like how I tied it back? It was, <laughs> that's called artistic unity, yeah, my good. friends. Well, and that's going to do it for us. That week. wraps it up. Yep. That's that's Dunzo all. Funzo. All she, he, them wrote. Duns out, funs out. What? It means when we stop, I'm going to take my pants off. Oh, damn it. Yep. Okay.
Okay, let's keep going. We're just gonna and start going. This is the episode that never ends, <laughs> and we'll get sued for singing this song. <laughs> if you want more Cover B, follow us on social media at Cover B Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. You yep. can follow us on our individual Twitter or uh, Instagram handles. Yep. Um, which we've got cosplay and cats and food and check out our website for it. connections to all of our previous episodes go back and binge it uh when you're in between different netflix things maybe your most recent netflix thing just wrapped up and you don't want to dive into something new well guess what you can binge to the beautiful sweet sounds of our voices on all of our archived episodes i'm sorry i howl like that we all are <laughs> you can also buy some sweet merch yeah, merch is cool. You can we buy can. two shirts and use them to plug your ears when T.E. howls like I am. Oh. <laughs> Boom! Got her! Roasted double! You could also just buy a hat. True. Or a Pull tote bag. Yeah. Tote bag with mom in it. With the howling kids. Thanks for tuning mom. in, you guys. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, it was good. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode of Cover, Cover B. B. You're a butthead. <laughs>